Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Hour of Power podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron, and joining me, as always, is Caleb. Hey, hey, Cam. 60-minute study coming, the listeners. way. Yeah. We're back on opposite sides of the border, my friend. Oh, yeah. um, back on the Zoom life, which is, which is nice, Zoom. you know? You kind of smell in person. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> going to say, uh, I don't know what the negatives of being in person are, but uh, lots of negatives to Zoom. But that does not stop us from doing this study. We are really excited for today's topic. Last week, we looked into 5G. Wow. I mean, that's just a crazy uh, conspiracy theory wooden <laughs> topic. <laughs> <laughs> just conspiracies everywhere. And then we also released... We pulled a bit of meat out of it. Yeah, we got a little bit of meat. But like, if you're listening to this like pretty recently after it's been put out, hello to our listeners who are listening months in the future. But if you're listening to it pretty recently when it gets put out, then you may actually notice that we also put out like this little two-minute podcast. A two-minute podcast? Wow, that's so short. It was actually just... Why did you do that? Yeah, why did I we ask. do that? <laughs> we recapped... Uh, the last four topics that we talked about. We kind of gave them a little summary. And it's actually an entry for a competition we're in at the moment. So if you're enjoying the podcast, we encourage you, go to the uh, link notes below, the podcast notes below. And if you could go and help us by voting for that, that would be awesome. We'd appreciate that, right, Caleb? Much appreciate the listeners' support. We also just like hearing from you in general. So all our contact details are right there in the show notes. Get in touch. Send us a question. Send us a topic, which funnily enough, Cam, we've actually had a topic sent in yeah. that someone wanted us to research this week we and, and I think you've chosen to go with their topic if I'm not mistaken. I've decided to go with the topic. They sent in some interesting questions that we kind of like looked at, we've kind of reshaped and uh, we've come up with a topic that we are really keen to look into because uh, I think it's something that like most people around the world go through at some point in their life. Um, so Absolutely. it's quite interesting. Um, Shout out to so, Dan on the yeah, Central Coast Dan. who sent in this topic. And Dan, we're going to ask your questions word for word to our expert on Friday as well. But Cam, you have some core cool questions for us that are going to guide us through this. First of all, do you want to give yourself a little drum roll uh, bringing this topic for the week? Sure. Here's the, uh, here's the topic for the week. The topic this week is schooling. Give myself a round of applause, but really that round of applause is for Dan. Good job, Dan. Good topic. I see what I see what you mean by most people go through this in their life. Yeah. Most people. We try to keep the topics interesting. We try to keep them important. We try to keep them relevant. This hits all three of those marks. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things out there. People, people people like to think they're experts on school. Oh, you could do this to make school better. But then a lot of people, <laughs> you know, some people loved school. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Were you the kind of person of the who most, loved school? It's probably one of the most critiqued things in the world. Anyone who's in it hates yeah. it. And then anyone who's past school is like, take me back to school days. They were the best days of my life. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What about you? What about you? Did you love school? Are you one of those guys? I love the socializing. I think I enjoyed some of yeah. the classes I was in. Sometimes I think it's like anything in life. You just get bored of it sometimes after a while. So, <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Well, anyways, let's not talk about um, whether Cam got bullied this, in primary school. Is, let's talk about some core questions. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, this isn't my commentary on school life. Cam's commentary on school life. We're not doing that this week. We're going to look into some actual valuable questions. So Caleb, here's our four questions for this week. Uh, we're looking into what are the origins of school? 
because uh, it had to start at some point. And what did it look like when it started? Uh, how do schools operate around the world? I know that schools don't operate on the same timetables even around the world. So what does it look like? Is there maybe even a particular model that works best? Uh, what are the suggested alternatives to traditional schooling? Is there anything that actually works better, like homeschooling? Is that actually, should we be suggesting homeschooling? Or is everyone, every parent who's listening to me right now going, Cam, shut up. Homeschooling is no good alternative. I am never homeschooling my students, my kids again after coronavirus. <laughs> yep, maybe. I don't have kids, so I don't know. Uh, and then last, our last question we're looking into, where does school look like it's headed in the future? We always like to have futurist Cam come onto the podcast and make some really big out there bold statements um, as of last week. <laughs> but this is the returning segment. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Cam's, Cam's, Cam's critiques of the future, I'm calling them. They're going to make a regular appearance, uh, I feel like. That's a, that's a name. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> Anyways, there's our four questions. Okay, Caleb, I'm going to get you to look into, let's see. Um, how about you look at what are the origins of school and what are the suggested alternatives to traditional schooling? I'm going to look into got what, how do schools operate around the world and then where does school look like it's headed in the future? Those are my two questions. Great. Those are your two questions. And I will meet you back here in one hour. Yeah, here we go. Okay, an hour of research. Here we go. Next time someone tells me that they think the cane is harsh, I'm going to tell them about what the ancient Egyptians and Mesopotamians did to their students. Yep. Oh, you got whacked on the wrist with the cane? How about getting thrown in the Nile River with alligators and crocodiles and hippos? The first thing I'm going to be looking into is how does Denmark, Netherlands, uh, Switzerland, some of those places do it? Because, you know, I've only heard a little bit, but I've heard that they do it, school at least, really well. So I want to know uh, how, how exactly do they do school? So there's like three main, it seems, types of alternative education. Montessori, Reggio Emilia, and Waldorf. I'm struggling to get my head around the differences. Um, We'll see how we go. Well, Caleb, we're back. 60 minutes, an hour, it's gone past. Cool study. I got a coffee halfway yeah. through because I was feeling a like, stop. yeah, yeah. You know, when you just feel like you're reading and you're just like really enjoying reading. And so you just want to sip away at something. I wanted to sip away at coffee. <laughs> so I, uh, I chowed down on some mission, uh, tortilla triangles, chili Ooh. and lime flavored. Not sponsored. <laughs> So if Mission wants to sponsor our snacks, then we're on here, boys. Oh, that would, that would be excellent. Imagine that, a, uh, a podcast food sponsor. <laughs> Anyways, oh, that's not what this anyways. topic is about. We're talking about schooling, Caleb. Wow. Pretty cool topic. We haven't, yeah. We, we, like, we haven't done a food topic is what I was going to say. Sorry, I'm still back there. Oh, but uh, okay. a schooling. <laughs> okay, I see where your mind is today. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Okay, schooling, schooling, schooling. Schooling. Um, did you learn things that you did not expect to learn? That's my first question. Yeah. 
I think there's some schools that uh, not schools, uh, countries that do schooling particularly well that I just didn't expect. Uh, I guess. Um, oh, okay. Like in the, like I did a little audio grab while I was researching and, and I was like, Oh, I'm going to look into Switzerland and Denmark. And I was like looking into some schools and then, you know, I was surprised at some of the other schools that ended up there in the, well, one place said the top nine other places. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of sites that say different ranking systems. I was trying to find like the, the, um, like the centralized system, ranking system, but I couldn't quite find one, but uh, either yeah, way. I was going to say like, who, who is like, it would have to be Geneva, right? It's like the only neutral place in the world, apparently like who, who <laughs> would be the one trusted to say whose school is best. That's a little tricky. Yeah, uh, exactly. I want to hear about that. I feel like the natural place to start is for me to tell you about what I found about the origins of schooling. Okay. Are you happy to start, start there? I was actually, I wanted to bring this into the picture first. Cause I thought, um, we didn't actually really uh, define kind of what we were going to be talking about and stuff. Like, well, we defined our questions and stuff, but I thought what would be cool is if we just used a basic definition of education so that we could then okay. kind of base our discussion off that. So uh, I found this one thing that said education is a social institution through which a society's children are taught basic academic knowledge, learning skills, and cultural norms. I really like the last part, cultural norms, because it kind of goes into the picture that, you know, school systems are different in different places because maybe they're trying to not only teach them, you know, academic knowledge, how to add two plus two but they're also trying to teach them what's normal in their society and what yeah. their society is like and what it's been like and then also like, like i've teach heard in schools. norway they're like super chill about nudity like apparently like getting <laughs> nude in the in the spa is like a normal thing to do like is that the kind of cultural norm you're talking about I whereas can't... you might not get away with that <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> i can't say i found that in any of my studies <laughs> okay <laughs> but i'm interested to see if you found any of that so i thought that was a good place to start um is kind of looking into that um but yeah what are what are the origins of school caleb it's so ironic that you brought that into it because actually my opening line like i've written it here in my notes was well that depends on your definition of school oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) got in there this is actually one of our favorite things we always discuss this caleb uh off air we don't usually discuss it while we're doing the podcast but one of our favorite things to do is discuss when we overlap so like there's this point sometimes while we're researching even if we've got totally different questions where just because we're researching the same topic we can sometimes come up with like things that overlap. And so we like to really talk about some of those things off air, but yeah, I like that. I stole your first sentence. Excellent. That's right. <laughs> and, and you actually, you actually took it even further than that because straight away the question becomes, well, if you're talking about education as teaching cultural norms, well then you're talking about primitive people like, okay. like cavemen, like, yeah. th- like pre 3000 BC, like, as far back as we can go, as far as historical evidence to suggest, right? And so the kind of thing that happened there was people lived in clans or tribes, right? And they they had their family units and they belonged to a larger tribe. And it was about teaching the values, tribal religions, myths, philosophies, Mm. history, the rituals, like all those practical um, pieces of knowledge. It wasn't about math or, or humanities or 
you know, whatever. It was, it was based around what they needed to know about their culture in order to live the way that their culture had been living for hundreds of years. Because yeah, it wasn't about progress. It was about sustaining life. Mm. Um, so, like, there was a few interesting observations that I found in the Encyclopedia Britannica. Apparently, even when, they, when, when children got to kind of a, like a post-pubescent, let's say, kind of age, like just like around that period, maybe like, I don't know, what are we talking, like 14, 15, 16, that kind of region, yeah. they, they would actually separate them. And this it was particularly about boys at this time, by the look of it. They would actually separate them from their family and send them off to another part, like geographical and social part of the tribe's land, so to speak, yeah. so that they learned the importance of not only their family unit, but the, the larger cultural oh, group cool. they belong to. How cool is that? That's really cool. I, I actually really like that idea. Um, I mean, I, I guess there's the pro, like the, the negative or the thing I don't like is the separating from your family so, at such a young age. But I guess it reinforces yeah. um, not only how important your family is, but how important your family is in the cultural setting that it's in, like how important it is to the bigger tribe or the bigger, um, you know, group that is there. I really like that. Yeah, and, and and I should say as well, they didn't they didn't keep them away from their families forever. It was just like for a period of time, mm. it seemed to be part of well, the word that the the Britannic the encyclopedia the Britannica encyclopedia used was enculturation, which means the learning of culture by young primitive people, right? Yeah. So they they would be set as part of their enculturation, if you like. That that was a, like kind of like a capstone moment in that process. I suppose when you talk of rites of passage and all of those crazy stories, like I think there's I think I've heard a story about like 15 year old boys having to bungee jump off bamboo structures oh. in Fiji to to become men. Like I guess <laughs> I've that's heard of the kind of lines and stuff, but I've, I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> well, here's my question to you: Would you rather bungee jump off a homemade bamboo structure or, or fight a lion as a 16 year old? Oh, well, what am I bungee jump? <laughs> <laughs> <am I, laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah good question that's tough yeah that's tough so yeah so that's anyway a question that, for that's, another time <laughs> yeah that's right we perhaps we can do a 60 second study on that later but uh so, so there's that right and yep. then i mentioned 3000 bc okay so let's jump to why i said that so in 3000 bc or thereabouts uh recorded civilization begins so we start getting like written records of and evidence for what civilization's functions were. Yeah. And you talk, you're talking about, uh, like in the Middle East, you're talking about, um, and apparently it's all based around the rivers. I won't get carried away with that because we're not focusing on that today. <laughs> but you have Egypt and you have Mesopotamia. And they're like the two kind of civilizations okay. that came into existence simultaneously. And straight away, there's records in both of them of formal schools. Okay. I wonder what school life looked like for them. Right. So it was very much kept for, so in both in Egyptian and Mesopotamian uh, culture, priests were the, so in the theocracy, they were largely based around the religions of the time. Priests yeah. were the ones who were intellectually like trained and therefore yeah. did the intellectual training. So the only ones that actually got training in these types of formal school environments um, were either priests to be or scribes to be. So people who would write okay. down because they recognize straight away, oh, we need to write down what we're doing in order to be able to progress. 
Um, and so from the age of five, sim- similar to now in, in most countries, I think, um, they entered school at the age of five. They did um, re- like, you know, the basics. They did humanities and yep. science and math and medicine and geometry and all, all of those kinds of things. And then by 13 or 14, they started training specifically as well as all these other basic disciplines. They started to train specifically for whatever office they were going to be in. So the type of priest or the type of scribe they were going to be, if you like. Okay. Um, and then Mesopotamia was very similar. So I think I've given you a good enough recap of yep. what both looked like. The only other thing I will note, uh, if I ever, and I and I did an audio grab about this, if I ever hear someone go, oh, well, back in my day, I used to get the cane at school. Well, I'm going to say, yeah, you can't complain. You weren't in ancient Mesopotamia being drowned or beaten Whoa. for being late to class. <laughs> You were five minutes late. You were going to get waterboarded. Exactly. So these 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 formal schooling systems were were excellence based. They were only for like the privileged kids, and they were punished what they thought was accordingly. Basically, you were beaten or drowned for being a bad student. So they, they, they were very much about um, you know discipline. Let's call it okay. <laughs> Oh, well, that's an interesting uh, place does, in any questions? To start. Any questions from you there? Like about, no. does that, is that kind of a good recap of the origins of school for you? Yeah. Um, well, I guess like how much could you find in the in-betweens of like, I mean, you had 3000 BC to now. Oh, 6,000 BC? Yeah. What, what was it? 3,000. 3,000. 3,000, correct. BC. Well, I kind of didn't like follow the progression because I wasn't doing a PhD on the history <laughs> of education. You didn't watch a map? But the- <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't watch any videos. We agreed that was not the most productive way to use the hour cam. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch <laughs> any either, of course. Uh, but actually, before I let you tell me about the schools of the world, okay. um, do you, are you going to, like if someone say randomly, someone was like, hey, Cam, where do you think school began? Will your answer to that be 3000 BC in Egypt and Mesopotamia or will your answer to that be no the cavemen had school uh, I think it'll be a based lo- on what I've just told you I yeah. think my answer will be a long time ago Caleb's really the expert on this part of it so go talk to him <laughs> <laughs> I can give you his number if you want <laughs> <laughs> I think that's going to be my approach uh, no no I think I'd say 3000 BC I think like uh, well like organized schooling that's when we've kind of you know from what you found um, maybe the expert can help us out and point us straight whether the cavemen actually did have organized school or whether it's just little Johnny caveman running around. Yeah, this is how you make fire, Johnny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even want to ask which <laughs> what kind of voice that was. Is that caveman language? Anyways, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not, let's not dig into that. Anyways, uh, schools around the world. Yeah. Cam, what did you learn? Okay, besides um, nudity. Yeah, no nudity. Uh, <laughs> Didn't find that anywhere. Uh, I, I found uh, a few different ranking systems on kind of, you know, different schools that were up there for some of the best uh, in the world. Caleb, w- what do you reckon if you were to just off the top of your head, uh, think about every country in the world, think about, you know, not knowing that much about them. Um, what would you, who would you say are the countries in the world that do it the best? Give me the top three. <laughs> 
Okay. Uh, well, give me, start, start me off in uh, third place. Here we go. Here's a drum roll for third place. Wait, wait. Let me give you a cheeky answer that uh, okay. I'm thinking first. I'm going to say America says America is the best. Australia says Australia is the best. <laughs> and Japan says Japan's the best. Austria says Austria. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, is that, I get that yeah, kind of how it is? But the UK, I was reading this thing from the UK and they the UK said- UK says the UK is the best. No, Did no, I get the it? U- UK said we're not the best. <laughs> the oh. UK said well, us and US aren't, aren't the best in the world. Here's some of the things that we think are the best in the world. The so, UK, one of the most humble nations in the world. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, they didn't get there. So now your actual answer, top three. Okay. okay. Third place. Okay. Here you go. I'm going to say Switzerland. Switzerland? Um, yeah. Good job. Are they third? Uh, in some places. One oh. one study I found, uh, well, m- mispressed the button there. <laughs> but um, <laughs> one thing I found, they were in a tied second place. So I guess that's kind of third place. Um, okay. Not really, but yeah, and maybe okay. I should go back to school. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Caleb, uh, second place. Who do you reckon? Norway. Norway. Oh, interesting. No, oh, I don't. Okay. I don't have a. I don't have a boo or anything like that, so I can't For go. For the record, boo. the reason. Oh, it's only an encouraging atmosphere here. We have no booze installed on the roadcast. That's exactly. Lovely, <laughs> For the record, I said Norway because I think they rate as like one of the happiest countries in the world. Yeah, so just kind of went off that and was like, maybe school or something. I don't know. So uh, okay. at least, at least the couple sites I looked at, they didn't have Norway up there. Um, okay. okay. Number one. Let me have one more. I'll, I'll have one First more. Okay. Um, Austria. Uh, well, once again, wrong. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, my, I was just staying up in that region of the country, like okay. region of the world. I thought, anyways, okay. I'm Fair curious. Enough. What were the actual answers? The actual answer is Finland. Random place for Finland. I was in the right area. Yeah. Well, sort now, of. Depends on is... how geographically accurate you want to be. <laughs> I was in Europe, and so I'm correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, this is kind of undisputed, in, at least from the multiple sites I looked at. They all had Finland as first. Now, the cool thing is really? that uh, Finland itself apparently is a great comeback story because it used to be pretty mediocre from what I read huh. about it. Um, it, it wasn't Love a good that, comeback story, I do. Yeah, it wasn't that good. But um, but apparently now, since the year of 2000, um, it's been like uh, in the limelight a little bit and it's actually been doing quite well. And then the last couple of years, it's been right up there for taking out first place. It's just been... Exceptionally. Really? Okay. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me about it. Are there any things that stood out to you about Finnish schools that make them so excellent? Uh, yeah. So uh, one thing is there's no banding system. So that means that all pupils, regardless of ability, are taught in the same class. And so, uh-huh. uh, Caleb, you and I, we're familiar with like even like, you know, different maths classes in secondary school, you know, uh, in Queensland, they had like maths B or maths C uh, when I went through school. But it's now like, you know, um, high level maths, medium level maths, like you learn different maths things. Um, I think from what I've read is that they actually have have all students learning the same things in their class. And the, and basically what that has, what that means is the gap between the weakest and the strongest pupils uh, is actually the smallest in the world um, in huh. Finland. Yeah. That's fascinating. But does that not mean that that just drags the average, like, so, so you said the gap's small, that, that let's say that range of knowledge, is that therefore dragged down because they don't allow their excellent kids to be challenged in these more difficult classes like we have over here do you think 
Uh, well, from what I from what I went uh, read, uh, basically it's kind of that way right up until the end of school, or like, and then after school. And then they can really excel. Like it's ah. kind of like, why would we make you excel earlier than you need to excel? Um, like, you know, you can do all those things afterwards. Um, and, uh, and so like, it's kind of, it's yeah. That, like it says here, finish school, finish schools. Um, also give relatively little homework and also only have one mandatory test at age 16. So it's kind of like hmm. the, the whole idea is that we're not going to make people do extra work to be extra good when it doesn't even count. Uh, I guess that's right. part of it is, um, you know, when, when you, you do really well at school in grade 10, well, in majority places in the world, uh, that doesn't really mean too much. Like, yeah. What? No, Cam, we need our nine-year-olds to be geniuses. What? <laughs> like maybe there's like some kids can uh, – Caleb, you and I can both speak. We've seen some some students of young age do some exceptional things. Like we've seen some mm. students um, uh, come up with some genius level ideas. Like I've seen one that like came up with plastic bags made out of seaweed kind of thing. Like there's some students out there just uh, that are absolutely excelling. I guess the the finish of approach to it is that you know maybe if they do want to excel, then they're really going to push out side of their school time to really okay. excel at those things. Um, yeah. So during that kind of university age, what we would call that, like, yeah. you know, so like 17, 18, 19, getting up in that range and above, yeah. that's when in that, in that post kind of senior school era, they're allowed to really explore their potential and their interests. Yeah. Uh, one cool thing I really like this is since 1943, Finland has had free, warm, healthy, tasty lunches for every single student. Oh, How cool is that? that's good. <laughs> that's and you'd need good. warm lunch in Finland. Yep. In, in Australia, like where we are, You'd that's like, kind of no, like, no, no, thank you. I, I just want a cold Vegemite sandwich, please, <laughs> with fresh white bread from Coles. Whereas the Finnish kids are like, it's negative 34 with a yep. negative 800 wind chill. Give me some chicken wings. Yeah. <laughs> please and thank you. Uh, the school days actually look pretty similar to ours though. Uh, you know, between eight and nine is when they start in the morning and then they finish between one and two in the afternoon. Um, and so, you know, for schools in Australia, usually it's eight, eight to nine start, and then usually they're finishing between two and three or two and four in the afternoon, depending. So where is you that are. is that actually is that actually an observation you made? Their their school day is slightly shorter. Would that yeah. be correct? Well, yeah, from what I read, their their school okay. days are slightly shorter, and they've got less homework. So I guess um, that probably makes their students happier, but it also means that like I, I I'm just going to make an observation is um you know for people like you and me, Caleb, maybe would spend a lot of our afternoon while we're in school, especially in the later years, doing maths homework or doing English homework or, you know, doing those things um, yep. and trying to excel at those subjects um, so that because we've maybe picked up a heavier workload doing heavy, harder subjects or something like that. Um, but what they've really done is, you know, because you're getting taught in the same class and you're learning the same things. And it means that like outside of class with relatively little homework, I, I can't say for sure, but what I'm guessing is, well, if they're, if they don't have that much more maths homework or if they're doing really well at maths and so they don't have to do too much, they don't have to do any outside of school. Well, then they've got more time to excel at music or sport or the extracurricular things, um, which is, I think it's just an exceptional way to really, you know, work a schooling system because then it means that, you know, the subjects that you do excel at, you can put more time into on your own accord. Um, and, 
that really leads to then people who are going to, I guess, uh, higher level studies or like university or tertiary studies, like they're, they're kind of like already developing their own skill, showing that they really want to be learning that. So I really like that. I guess that's just one of my observations. Yeah, good one. Okay, I'm liking Finnish school already. Maybe I'll move my five-year-old to Finland. <laughs> any others? Any other, any other countries around the world that yeah. you are? I liked, uh, there was a couple other things. I liked how Switzerland, they did their day. Uh, they work from 8.30 to 11.30 and then there's a two-hour lunch break where students can go home. Uh, a lot of schools, oh. like it may even be mandatory for um, students to go home for lunch break. Uh, although then there's like this debate like, well, that's really annoying for, um, you know, people who have working parents. Um, and so yeah. some schools then offer like, you know, care during that time. But most students go home and then they come back between 1.30 and 4 p.m., uh, so I like okay. that as a longer break. Uh, that's so much better, right? Like, I mean, at least I think so. Having that longer break and then you can get reset and then you're getting back to school, um, which is good. And the free dresser, which is awesome. I can I can speak to that out of experience, actually, because I'm applying that to my work day at the moment. I'm kind mm. of starting earlier than what I traditionally would have for the sake of having a longer break in the middle and being able to run or do something that requires a little more time. Yeah, that's cool. I can see, I can see the benefits good. of that. I, I like it. I like breaking up the day with, you know, uh, a different activity in the middle, I guess you'd call it, just to, hmm. you know, break up the working day, which is good. Um, so, yeah. You and your it. yoga, mate. Me and me and my my yoga or Tabata <laughs> workouts, as we uh, <laughs> talked about in episode three of the podcast. Um, go back and listen if you haven't listened from the start. <laughs> Anyways. You, you definitely don't need a two-hour break for that. Let's say that much. Yeah. No, no, no. You need a... 12 minute break if you want to really go through it. Okay. Well, those are just some of the schools. Uh, I'll, I'll read out some of the other schools that do it really well. Singapore was another one that was up there. South Korea was another one that was up there. Japan was up there. Uh, Netherlands and some studies was up there. Ireland, uh, Barbados, New Zealand. They were also up there. Did Belgium. you say Barbados? Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And that was up there for one of the the um, the studies. So there's some of the, the – this, this study – I read two different studies. There was one that like had like a strength score of the schooling system. And then there was another one that kind of, um, you know, valued uh, schools inside of their bigger um, country kind of structure. So how well was education going as a whole? And so like the schooling system. Um, ah. And so, yeah. Anyways, that's kind of the, uh, that's kind of those things that I learned from how schools operate around the world. Do you have any questions about that? Uh, no, I, it kind of tie again, there's overlap, right? Cause I'm about to tell you about alternatives to traditional schooling. Yeah, good. Uh, however, there was a surprisingly little amount of overlap in terms of the actual content of that question. Cause some of the things that you pointed out weren't necessarily major talking points for me in terms of alternatives to traditional yeah. schooling. Although I can see how those things that they, they are, they are different to what we're used to here. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to stick away because um, some of the uh, the different things I researched said like, um, you know, every country has those few schools out there that do things differently or like this this country does have a kind of mainstream, but then there's like a lot of schools that do this kind of thing. And I want to stick away from those alternatives because I knew that you were going to answer excellently in this I next question. I appreciate that. That's, so, that's, that's a little bit of pressure, but I appreciate that. No yeah, pressure at all, man. No pressure at all. But do this really well, okay? Do us justice. <laughs> Okay, okay, so okay, what, so what are the suggested alternatives? What did you find as far as alternatives for uh, schooling around the world? 
Yeah, so there, there's hundreds basically because you can you can do lots of ways of education that don't involve a classroom at all, and that's becoming you know here in Australia we have what's called TAFE. A lot of students leave traditional yeah. classrooms in grade ten to go and learn a particular skill that they'll take into their working lives, or yeah. others go straight into an apprenticeship or a traineeship. Uh, so I, I I didn't want to look into those because I I feel like that's quite obvious if you if you know what i mean but in terms yes, of how actual formal schooling can be different that's what i looked at yeah so you uh, mean, and i found three you mean yeah. primarily between the ages of like uh you know six and uh 15 or 16 which is the primary yeah. kind of range of student like age for students yeah, I actually hadn't thought about it that way prior to you saying that, but that's a, that's a good way of saying it. And and these types that I'm about, I'm going to tell you about. Um, I've decided three popular types of alternative models of education. I believe the technical word is pedagogy. If we're going to get technical, so okay, I'm glad. What, I'm, what does that mean? <laughs> I think it's like I think it's like the the knowledge of how you teach. Like it's the it's the oh. it's the art of teaching. Pedagogy. Anyways, we're going to get into some of that more okay. uh, advanced discussion with our expert. I'm sure. Um, but three different models. Okay, so the first one. Have you heard of Montessori schools, Cam? Yes. Well, I read the name and I've heard of the name Montessori schools. How much I know about it? Not very much. Okay, cool. Yeah, like I, I thought maybe that would be the case for you because I've actually like seen them around. I think there's one like just around the corner. So yeah, cool. Th- they, there you go. It's infiltrated woi woi where I live. Um, <laughs> infiltrated but it's, but it's, sounds like a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I'm straight away giving <laughs> a negative connotation. They're taking over woi woi. They're going to soon take over Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> no, I shouldn't say that because I'm trying to – I'm trying to – this is like you said. You don't have kids. I don't have kids. We haven't really considered this yeah. so far as like, oh, man, I've got to make a decision on this because I've got to put my child through this and pay yep. for it like there's not that much weight in 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 like the research so anyways what i'm trying to say is i look i'm trying i'm going to try and pre- present these in such a way that i'm not presenting an opinion of okay. my own or, or an opinion of the author of the different p- articles that i read but here Excellent. we go okay uh montessori individual learning process that's based on the children's own interests okay. and abilities in the subjects that they're looking at so it's it's individually driven does that yeah. does that help I'm trying to make this really clear because there's a lot of overlap between these three, but I've tried to emphasize what's different between them. So that's the one for Montessori to keep in mind. They individually drive their own learning in okay. a self-guided way. Uh, probably the other thing about Montessori schools, and this this is going to, if if there's teachers out there listening, my wife for one will probably <laughs> listen to this and this will this will frighten her. She will definitely <laughs> listen to this. So, yeah, and- uh, Eleanor, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, so- what he's about to say may trigger you. This is our trigger warning. Trigger, trigger warning but for again- teachers. Trigger warning for teachers. <laughs> but again, but again, we're not presenting an opinion. No so opinion. So if there's perhaps there's a Montessori student or teacher listening right now, and this is if this is how you I do really it. I really hope but there they, is. They, they don't document any testing or okay. results. Okay. It's, well, I've got no opinion based on, that, on observation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's very, that's, yeah, that's interesting. So it's not ranked it's tra- against anything. Yeah. Correct. There's no benchmarking. You're exactly right. You're picking up on the implications of that straight away. So it's, it's so like different to mainstream circle. Well, compared to how I would think you'd draw that circle. So a plus. Yeah. That's a very yep. poor example, but, but okay. <laughs> but that makes it sound like it's, example, well, yeah. that, that makes it sound, I'm going to be honest about what I just said there. Um, that mm-hmm. makes it sound like th- those people are just like obviously trying to make their students really good, but I'm sure that there actually is a way that they mark them really 
well, more accurately than my circle example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, it's it's based on the individual's progress. So it's not like, yeah. no, we're not going to compare you to Stuart over there who's yeah. killing long division, like if that's not your interest, because that doesn't matter. This is you, your own learning is driven by yourself, what you're interested in and how, how good you are at it. So why would we... Why would we even benchmark that? Okay, so it kind of uh, takes out like it's not like, hey, you're really good at. It's kind of like you're really good at math, Stuart. Um, and so we're not going to mark uh, Caleb's ability at playing music compared to your ability to solve equations. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. Why? Okay. Like, why would we compare that? That's not fair. Yeah. Uh, and you know that that brings up problems straight away. How do you like report back? to the child's parent, for example, and say they're progressing ahead of what they should or behind what they should or right on pace of what they should in terms of their understanding of literacy. But again, I'm using mainstream education kind of language, I suppose, and mm. that's not what this is about. So, <laughs> Yeah, anyways, right I'm, away I'm, we're, yeah. we're comparing Montessori with mainstream education. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so I, you know, if, if we go further in that conversation. I suspect that's going to keep happening. So I'll park that there. Do you have any questions about Montessori before no. I tell you about the next? Okay. No. The next one, this is again, like I warned you, there will be overlap. I'm going to try and make it clear where they are different though. Reggio Amelia. Have you ever heard of that? An Italian, no. Italian phrase. Okay. I think it's even the name of the guy who invented it or a variation of his name. Uh, but basically it's imagination and play driven. So the whole thing is based on this idea, this, 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 this idea that kind of is the foundation to everything that they do, that a child almost knows everything that they need to know and has all of the skills that they need. They just need to learn how to use them. Uh, okay. Straight, so like, how, how do you feel as you process that, what I just said? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, interesting idea, it's, right? It's me. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's it's hard to, um, uh, you know, I went through a mainstream schooling system and so it's kind of like, okay, yeah. well, how, how would this practically work? Yeah, yeah. So the way it practically works, um, to give you some examples, is basically, so, you know, you go to school in mainstream school and at your five, you start doing math. You start learning handwriting. You do whatever you do when you're five or you're six or you're seven. Yeah. The, the, in this system... It's not until much, much later that students are encouraged to stop using imaginative play-based learning. So the argument is like, okay, look look at a healthy six-year-old. They know how to walk, talk, maybe even read and write a little bit. They know how to ride a bike. They know how to catch and observe different types of it. Like, so basically that process of just learning through curiosity and trying things because you imagined them yeah. should continue. We shouldn't interrupt that okay. process. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. So that's an interesting idea. And, and the difference perhaps for Montessori, like with Reggio Emilia, again, the Montessori is based on the individual's interest. Uh, this model is based on collaboration in small groups. So okay. children are encouraged to do it together and, and teachers do keep some documentation on children's progress. So that's another important difference. So uh, is there like marking or is it, is that taken out of it? There's grading to some extent, but, and again, I, I didn't look into it into enough detail to be like, yes, they have these subjects they grade them on. But what I, from what I read, they do keep record of progress, whether mm. that's general or, but I think all reporting for like kind of five to eight year olds is pretty general from what yeah. I know. Yeah. 
I, I guess like the questions I come up with is like, well, how does this work in a country where like, I guess education really, uh, I don't want to say defines what you do later in life because it doesn't. Mm. Um, but how does it then work towards like, how do you go from getting graded on your guitar ability and your ability to build shapes to being able to be accepted into become a doctor like how does yeah. that work like yeah exactly and 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 it's worth saying this this in particular all three but this one in particular i used two i think like 15 and then they said okay and then it should become more skills based yeah yeah and then you go into a, a traditional state based high school mainstream yeah yeah Okay. Yeah, that's exactly Interesting. Right. Or at least the learning becomes more of that type, whether yeah. you join a mainstream education facility or not. But okay, so that's Reggio Emilia. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And the last one, Waldorf. Uh, this, and it's worth saying, I think all of these have come out of Europe, which is fascinating. Um, yeah, But that these is are now kind of somewhat mainstream in, in the States, for example. And like I mentioned here in Australia, I know of some of these schools. But Waldorf is, is similar. It's going to sound similar in that it's very imagination, but it's actually play-based. So... Um, it's, it's even kind of looser in the way that they progress, I suppose. So it's, it's, it's literally just do what you feel like doing and see what you learn along the way. Okay. Um, and, and again, it's in groups, which differentiates it from Montessori in a way. So in, in a lot of ways, it sounds a lot like the Reggio Emilia from, from what I can tell. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. I think. I think probably. I'm now. I'm looking over my notes now to try and remember in my head what the key key differentiation, like the key points of difference between Waldorf yeah. and Reggio Emilia. I think the key is like in Reggio Emilia, they would present you with a subject, and you would then learn about that subject in okay. that kind of imagination type way. Yeah. Whereas Waldorf, they they They'd wouldn't present, even. Yeah, they wouldn't even give you yeah. a subject. Okay. You just get toys. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. <laughs> you, you have to, it's actually not even that good. You don't just get toys. You have to make your own toys. It's oh. so, it's so imagination based that you're not like given like stimulus. You like basically have to come up with it yourself. The children are expected to. Okay. I wonder if there's many of those kind of schools, like uh, I guess for me in Queensland, like uh, I'm wondering like, is there any in Brisbane? Uh, is there any around me? Um, Cause I guess I would like to learn a little bit more about how those schools work. Um, yeah. And like what kind of ages of students there are, like, or if it's just like a thing that you can kind of do while you're in your primary years. And then like, I guess my bigger question is, and maybe I'm kind of, you would maybe say brainwashed by uh, the way that I've gone through school, mm -hmm. but it's like, well, mm -hmm. how does, how does the later year, like maybe the years where you really need to learn work or, do we even need to really learn those things in those later years? How does that work? Or if we didn't learn, would we still eventually, like, I, I, I don't know. I'm now just blabbering about questions I have. About yeah, no, you're, that you're exactly right. I'm, uh, this is what I'm really looking forward to talking to our expert about, about yeah. these things. I've actually just looked it up whilst you were uh, okay. having job. a little discussion Fast, there with yourself. Last finger Caleb. <laughs> uh, so Waldorf, otherwise known as Steiner. Have you heard of Steiner schools, Cam? No. Okay. Well, there's lots of those and it seems to be that's what they call them in Australia. And okay. there are some in Brisbane for your information. How about that? May go pay them a visit when 
coronas <laughs> over and ask them how school works. <laughs> <laughs> what are you guys doing? Yeah. Okay. So there's there's three. There's three alternative tradi- like alternatives okay. to awesome. traditional schooling. Um, fascinating. We'll no doubt learn more because that was a very level zero explanation of each of those, I feel like. But that hey, that's what 60 minutes of study gave me. So there, there you go. I wish uh, Eleanor, your wife, was home at the moment because we could get her to chime in about what she thinks about these different things because she's a teacher. I am going to ask her actually. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So she, she's she's a grade two teacher as well. So she's at that age we're talking about. Would be interesting. Well, once you get her to listen to the podcast or maybe once you explain <laughs> explain the concept to her so she doesn't have to listen to the podcast, maybe once you do that, then maybe you can get her to add her thoughts and we'll post it up on our social media. Perfect. Otherwise, I could just book f- like plane tickets to Finland now and explain when she gets <laughs> home why we're moving to Finland. <laughs> Great idea. Great idea, Caleb. Either way, uh, film something from Eleanor. I know that people want to see her and hear her opinions on the subject because I want to. (laughs) I'm speaking to the people now. Okay, this leads us on to the last question. Uh, My favorite kind of area to look at, where does school look like it's heading in the future? Futurist Cam is back making big calls. Um, Cam's critiques. Cam's critique. Don't know how about how I feel about that. Uh, it's going to stick. I would like someone to come up with a new title for this. Um, it's the second week, and so it's a it's a regular occasion that I'm going to be doing this. Um, so please, someone come up with a cool title, and maybe we can commission someone to make a sting for us. <laughs> I, I don't know. This is just something I want. <laughs> let's, just, let's just see what happens. <laughs> let's see what happens. I'll start working on my Cam's Critiques musical rendition right now. Okay, and then we can put it to the listeners to see if they want it. Okay, anyways. We're getting off target. Uh, Okay, so where does school look like it's headed in the future? Well, for the large part, schools haven't changed that much physically for the last century. We're still kind of in the same kind of, you know, hallway in the middle and then classways off it or, you know, classways next to each other. Like we're still kind of physically in the very much the the same kind of way. And as far as organized, organization of school, like it's, still kind of the same thing. Like you turn up to school at least most days of the week or you do some sort of schooling, whether it's like online schooling for most days of the week and you got you go for at least a few hours and like even at homeschool, like you do a couple hours at least of schooling, maybe once a day or every second day or something like that. I don't quite know. Um, and as you like, it's kind of in that same kind of thing. You've got holidays, those different things. So it's kind of um, stayed the same way. Uh, a few things that they kind of, like, as I looked around for what people are calling about school, um, one place said in particular that education will move a lot to more a, uh, a for-profit kind of model. So things like uh, state schools here in Australia or I guess other places in the world there may be called public different schools, things, yeah. public schools, yeah. that's the name of them, uh, where, you know, government-funded schools, government yeah. schools, public education, free education, those kind of things um, won't actually kind of be around that much more or it will take on take on a different kind of thing. Uh, so this person kind of made it into, which I guess some ways, now that I think about it, it's kind of like this now, but they gave the example of like, coach on an aeroplane and then like premium economy and then business and then like first class and like the same kind of thing will be for um schools so you like depending on the different level like you will go to a different kind of school um, which is actually kind of frightening to me because it's yeah. like pay to play which is always scary yeah yes yeah 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 uh, yeah i i don't i don't necessarily like that idea um 
And then the next thing they said will be being taught by a specialist teacher in a classroom at a secondary level will be a luxury. So for people, maybe some of, if there's people who are younger than secondary school, then they won't quite understand this. But like, you know, if you're learning about um, business in school or if you're learning about physics or if you're learning about physical education, usually you've got a teacher who studied specifically that area at maybe a master's level or they studied it during their educational study like they had to choose it as a particular subject they wanted to study. Uh, you won't be taught by a specialist teacher anymore like that. So you'll have a general teacher who may read the material that they're teaching you before they teach it to you and then teach you that material. Um, so it won't be like, Hey, actually I've got this experience or as I looked into this specifically, I learned this. And so it won't be that same kind of, I guess, depth, from each specialist teacher, you'll have more general teachers. That's what this mm. person said. Interesting. Uh, virtual reality teaching will happen more. So, like things like Zoom calls at the moment um, okay. will happen more. I don't think people like that very much, but I may be wrong. <laughs> do you mean like like just Zoom, or when you say virtual reality, do you mean like we will put on our VR headsets and go and visit the Colosseum in Rome from Sydney, ah. like? I didn't mean that. Do you think it's that kind of virtual no. reality as well? No, no, no. Cool. They, they give the example of like conference, like rooms and stuff like that, conference calls and stuff like that. No, um, that's less exciting. But I like that it? idea. I like that idea much more. Um, hey, students in history today, we're going to, you know, go to Rome. Here's VR yeah, headsets. That, that's, see, that sounds cool. That is awesome. Um, there will be superstar teachers. So uh, they huh? will have very high salaries that come into different schools or get paid by different schools to come in and teach different things. Um, maybe teachers who teach really well. And uh, the last thing they said, well, primary teachers will be assisted by robots. Uh, they said young children at a, are at a formative stage of development. They need human interaction to shape their learning. Thus, it is highly unlikely that it will ever be possible to replace teachers in primary schools with technological solutions. So I guess that's why huh. in Queensland we saw um, a lot of schools bring back their youngest grades um, to school because uh, some things with like, you know, tech doesn't necessarily help. So that, that was mm. some, that was a, uh, that was someone from the UK who was saying those things. Someone from Australia said uh, we'll probably get more responsive and personalized education pathways. Um, so kind of looking at, instead of just saying uh, we're teaching you these subjects or you can choose from these subjects, we're looking at more kind of innovation, teamwork, collaboration, problem solving, communication skills, uh, entrepreneur entrepreneurial oh wow uh my i could barely say that word uh, you, got of, that, you got that <laughs> kind of studies um to kind of teach students hey uh in the future uh, like they were kind of saying there probably won't be people who's like maybe have one kind of particular job or work in one particular field or work in a few different things and so teaching them those skills like innovation, how to change over time, how to work well as a team, how to collaborate with others to find the best results. Like all those things could be more practical for them. Mm, and so- uh, Kind the, of those soft skills, more of an emphasis. Exactly right. And so kind of getting them to uh, learn those things because they would find them much more important later in life if their jobs aren't necessarily in engineering where like maybe they are using maths-based stuff. Like if, they've, if they don't necessarily want to do something that's like- not mainstream, but something that uses particular studies, then they would 
learn soft skills on how to develop and change through their different things. So a lot of things like connectedness, collaboration, co-creation, those things are coming together, uh, how to learn anywhere at any time. So like kind of looking at then, you know, remote learning or remote working. So I guess it's kind of getting students ready for what we kind of see at the moment as a future kind of work solution where maybe you won't be in an office as much. Um, and then customization for learner first approach. So we're kind of looking at a Montessori kind of thing there where they're kind of, you know, if they excel at something, then we're going to mark them on that. And we're going to get them to do those things a little bit more. Um, yeah. So those are kind of okay. some of the future things. Um, some particular that was less things. tech-based than I expected. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess a lot of those things can rely on tech, but um, I, it's always this. This is always what futurist Cam says. He said this <laughs> last week, so he's going to say it again. <laughs> it is uh, Tech is changing at such a rate that we don't necessarily know where we are going. And so, you know, saying like, oh, well, we're going to have, um, you know, uh, what's it called? Hologram, like classrooms or anything like that. It, calling those particular things we can't necessarily talk about. So no. it's more like, well, these are some of the ways that we see teaching going. And so this is some of the ways that we see education going, like learning about innovation and teamwork and stuff. And it's more making a commentary on what we think will be important in the future. Maybe it should be okay. commentary cam. I like it. I like oh, that. Oh, that could be good. Commentary yeah. cam. I yeah. still like cam's critiques, but that's all right. Okay. Future commentary <laughs> cam. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> no, I, I probably, all the listeners at the moment are like, cam, you're not even good at this future stuff. Stop talking about this. <laughs> well, I don't know. You might, you might generate a following on social media. There might be like a fan page soon. Futurist cam. I don't know. We'll keep an eye out for that. But hey, that was a pretty good wrap up. Thank you for that cam. Oh, thanks. That was, that, that was yep. a pretty good wrap up of the future of schooling. That's two from two for you as far as future is going I'll be interested to see whether yep I love <laughs> I love controlling yourself. the soundboard because it means I can give myself a round of applause. I'm going to drive to Brisbane from Sydney and take it from you but I uh, I'm curious to see whether drive. the expert will uh will will actually add to subtract from that list that you gave us but uh, okay. that was pretty good I think nice work be, on that 60 minute study yeah yeah I think I think uh the the thing is why I looked at multiple different sites and why I like kind of talked about a number of different things there is they all kind of think kind of some of the same things but it's all at the same time everyone trying to figure out you know we don't actually particularly know and it's things like this uh coronavirus where things get shaped up and things get changed that then we kind of i guess we see what future could look like like there's no way that in 2020 uh you know every school around the world was going to be saying okay go home and you are not coming to school this term you're going to start learning from home there's no way at the beginning of the year they would have said that about 2020 they probably wouldn't have even said that like in 2025 we're going to test everyone's learning at home for a whole term like that just wouldn't have come about and so it's kind of things like this that shape or reshape um, some of the ways that we view things where we kind of yep. learn new things about like the possibility of, you know, schooling at home being a possible solution or on the mm. other hand, not being a possible solution or not yeah, being yeah, as yeah. effective. And so it's both. So it's ends like we don't know what technology will bring up. We don't know what circumstances we're going to be faced with. There's all sorts of different factors that could, could yeah. shape it. Interesting to see what people are saying so far. And like you pointed out, we're in a pretty monumental uh, kind of event right now. Oh, stop it. I, <laughs> I like trying how to call you tried different... to get around the word. I love uh, how you tried to get around the word. And I'm sorry to all my listeners. <laughs> You're a mug. <laughs> 
<laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see what comes off the back of this anyway, around around the future in general, but particularly the future in education. Okay, well, that's been your Tuesday 60-minute study. We're going to be back with an expert interview on Friday. We're going to ask Dan's questions as well as talk about these core questions. It will be a lot of fun. Yep. Don't miss it. As always, please send in your questions. Yeah. We'd love to have a massive list of questions. Uh, questions from the listeners for the experts will become one of our favorite things to do. And as always, send us your topics. Yes, exactly right. Uh, one thing I noticed, Caleb, is a lot of our people uh, who listen to the podcast, they don't actually listen to it as it comes out. They listen maybe a week later or they like listen to the episodes they like. That's totally fine. But it means that sometimes they probably feel like, hey, uh, I really did actually have a question about this and I didn't get a chance to ask it. Still send it through because we have connections with the experts we talk to like after we talk to them and so we can probably get them back on for a, a, to ask them a question so send your questions through we can make sure we get onto them and we ask them about those things but for now thanks for uh, thanks for listening to this episode and we'll see you on the next episode of the Hour of Power podcast Hold up. 